The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA. The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Deb Harrison of PicklePongDeb.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Deb, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, coming to you today from Asheville, North Carolina. Got three guests joining me today, and I am lucky to have all three of these gentlemen with me. Let's go up to Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, thirdshotsports.com. That's the home of Mark Rennison. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? Doing great, thank you. Also going all the way over to Yakima, Washington, it is a USAPA national silver medalist Tyson McGuffin. Hey, Tyson. Chris and Mark, what is going on? We are happy to have you here, and right in the middle of the country, Terre Haute, Indiana, the one and only Deli Stinette. Hey, Deli. Hey, hey, what's going on, my guys? So glad you could join us. (laughs) And in case you you don't know it, you've actually, if you think you've never heard Deli's voice before, you've actually heard him in every single episode of the Pickleball Show because he's the guy at the very beginning of the show when it's doing the little, like, the newscast and and the voices. He's the guy that yells, time out, baby. Chris, I don't mind you doing it, but I'd really, I think the listeners would demand. I didn't want to. I know you can't you can't ask if it's somebody's trademark you can't make them do it you know like they're like they're there for your amusement but uh you know if you wouldn't mind maybe favoring us at some point in the show Deli that would be fine but uh, oh yeah just bust it out when no one's expecting it (laughs) I I will you you won't even you won't even know it's coming just like nobody else does (laughs) well that's the thing and I've told you I've told you this privately Deli even before I knew who you were or anything you know when I first discovered pickleball I was watching all the videos of nationals and it was always this guy that you know in the background and it's like he would just keep the crowd energized keep the crowd motivated by yelling things out and it's like man whoever that guy is he deserves a round of applause or some kind of recognition or something because even before I knew your name I admired your enthusiasm and your attitude and your outlook that's why I put it in the beginning of the show because it's like this is what pickleball is all about this kind of positivity and this kind of attitude so I was uh, happy to find out who you were and then even more happy to meet you up at Pickleball Summit in Indianapolis and now I'm happy to welcome you to the show. Well I appreciate it Chris I really do man. Hey I I just want to say you know it's it's never really anything that I want to be in in front of or be the the head man of. It's more of just, you know, what you said, the enthusiasm and the love and the passion for the sport, you know. I've brought that from racquetball, too, when I played racquetball. It's just, uh, it's having fun, 
while still being competitive. You know, it's it's uh, bringing that energy, making it not not the word uh, drab, but you know, but making it alive, you know, and fun. So uh, that's just something that I've always enjoyed doing. The players too have talked about how it, it it gives them a second wind and keeps them motivated, especially when you're talking about nationals and it's you know the finals at nationals. Brian Staub has talked about this, where you know what is nine o'clock at night? You've been playing since eight in the morning and you're drained. You keeping the crowd into it and your enthusiasm they feed off of it and it just makes for better play all the way around so i know you're not trying to steal any spotlight or anything like that but you're just keeping people enthused and keeping them motivated so exactly exactly chris you got me man you, well, I think you got you me gotta, to a t i think you got to recruit some people though delhi because every time i'm at a, a match somewhere and someone calls a timeout i keep looking around waiting for you yeah it's like a dead <laughs> spot. it just, it just yeah. doesn't come so i think i think we should start like a, a facebook group or something that will like yeah sort of do it in your stead there you go. Yeah, I need I need a squad to uh, to really just you know cultivate and get going. It'll be Delhi and the Delhi and the Stinets. Like a like a it sounds like an old like an old R and B group or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I love me some R and B. I'm not yeah, lie. your backup singers can be the Stinets. Hey, we wanted to talk nice. about routines today, and uh, you know you you've got the routine that you you know when you're at nationals or you're at a tournament, you know you're keeping the enthusiasm and the positivity going. And we wanted to talk about what you can do personally, either pre-match routines or during a match, or keeping yourself going throughout the day if you are on a on a, a long day like that. I mean, you guys are finding yourselves on the podiums at these tournaments, and that sometimes that's a you know 12, 13 hour day like we talked about. What about you? Let's start with you Tyson what kind of stuff do you do leading up to a tournament uh strictly beer and wine (laughs) (laughs) it's a serious diet and and Cuban cigars. No, um, you know what? I I eat fairly healthy. Um, I teach tennis, you know, forty hours a week, so I'm on the courts eight nine hours a day. So yeah. if I'm eating junk food, I'm I'm literally dead. So you know, yeah, just eating eating well. Uh, my fiance is a great cook, and I love her to death. So uh, she's always got good food in the house. What kind of stuff did you pack in your bag? Things to eat in there, things to drink. You know, it's kind of funny. The the first or second tournament I played, I didn't I didn't know that you played all day, right? I thought you you know. Played played a match and had an hour break and stuff like that. So first couple of tournaments I played, I had no food in my bag whatsoever. And I, and I starved <laughs> myself. And so, and so obviously I got a little bit smarter. So at nationals, uh, I would, uh, I'd get up bright and early most days, go to Walmart and get bananas, a bunch of electrolyte drinks, got a lot of Pedialyte. So I didn't cramp oranges, bananas, yogurt. Yeah. I know a guy, a guy I talked to last year, Justin Rogers, uh, he, he loves dried apricots. Interesting. Yeah, it keeps a bag of those. And you look at the label and it's like they are super high in potassium, even higher than a banana. So you might want to try those dried apricots too. Put those in there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have any crazy routines like like Nadal, you know, where you know the the water has to be lined up in the right place. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely kind of stuck in my ways. I mean, before I hit a return, I kinda of get into like the same ready position. I do this weird thing with my shirt where I kind of swoop it over to one side. So everybody kind of has their weird little, you know, quirks. Is it a trigger does it just help focus you and kind of bring you back into a ready position correct yeah it brings me back into ready takes all that gunk out of my head whether if i made an unforced error on the on the previous point or maybe i made a good shot it Mm -hmm. just yeah it kind of gets me back in the zone and brings me back you know nice what about you delhi what's in your bag or what kind of routine uh, do you do leading up to a tournament do you have anything special um you know i (laughs) i'm a guy who uh i do construction for a living and i actually just try and stay fit all year round really 
do a lot of cycling. I play badminton with some guys. Like I said, I played racquetball before pickleball, and so I've just always kind of been that guy who I'll just go out and run five miles, you know, one day because I want to do it. I try to just stay at that all the time. Food-wise, uh, I'm, I'm actually a cucumber guy, man. I all will cut up like three cucumbers. <laughs> I am, dude. You, you, um, it's a lot of, it's got a lot of water in it. You know, it keeps you hydrated. Love snacking on some cucumbers, though. Man, I just can never <laughs> develop a taste for cucumbers. They just taste like watermelon rind to me. That is very interesting. <laughs> I think that's the but, quote of the show so far. I'm kind of a cucumber guy. <laughs> what other uh, pre-match, pre-tournament routines would help people become better pickleball players? Any kind of stretching, warming up, any uh, those techniques? What about you, Mark? It always worries me when I see people get on the court and they have done zero physical preparation. I get it. It's not that fun to run on the treadmill or to ride the stationary bike or to skip or whatever. But people, I think, need to understand that pickleball is an athletic sport and involves quick movements in different directions and lunging and jumping and reaching. And if you walk out, especially if you're someone who, unlike Tyson, who's maybe spent, you know, that guy's, if you've seen him play pickleball, you know how flexible he is. Especially someone who just walks in cold and says, you know what, I'm going to play pickleball. There are so many preventable injuries because people don't just do like a general warm-up where they're sweating a bit when they get on the court. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, a dynamic warm-up, sidestepping, a light jog, all that stuff is definitely necessary. I mean, I can't tell you how many juniors and adults at our tennis club have gotten injured just due to like hopping on a court and then pulling a hammy or pulling a calf muscle or something like that. So yes, very much so beneficial. Um, and just, I mean, I would say like a few routines that I, that I try to implement for, for tennis players, and I'm pretty sure it's a, it's an easy transition to, to pickleball as well, is 3-0, 3-5, 4 players. Just going out in the match and like having a good start, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously trying to, trying to find some patterns that work once the, once the match gets started, you know, try to, try to find a weak spot and take advantage. Um, but the main thing is just getting comfortable early in the match. I kind of feel like if you don't get comfortable out there right away, then things can go south real fast. So to what extent, like when you step on the court, right, and you're playing a turn in the match and, you know, you've got that five minute warm up. to what extent do you guys use that warm up? Like I'm guessing you're already coming out warm, right? You're ready to go. You don't have a long time. To what extent do you use that warm-up when you're rallying with your opponents prior to the match starting? To what extent do you use that to sort of figure out some potential weak spots or figure out some strengths or figure out some strategies you might use against your opponents? I mean, I, I personally, I, I'm definitely a component of, even if I've been warming up for, I mean, I try to warm up like 20 to 30 minutes before I feel like my match is coming on. And even if I'm completely warm and I'm sweating, you know, pickleballs everywhere they're all good or they just got off the court i'm like well can i hit some you know with you even though i'm completely warmed up i like to see how they're hitting the ball because i personally i'm a racquetball person and i and i like to watch mechanics of somebody to figure out you know angles of where they're going to hit the ball so i can read the ball better and uh be be more prepared for a shot you know yeah, you know, I uh, I'm definitely a junkie. I mean, I'm a I'm a total rat. I you know whether it's playing three or three three hours, four hours, five hours. You know, I'm I'm never done with playing pickleball. It's kind of funny the the days that I had off during nationals, I was still playing anywhere from like five to seven hours a day. So I I'm totally totally invested. Uh, but uh, a few things that I look for, um, you know, definitely not during the warm up, but once the match gets started, I'm trying to dissect, you know, what what's going on in front of me. You know, I'm obviously trying. To communicate with my partner find find some certain patterns that that could be successful but i mean obviously in doubles just finding a weak spot and then trying to exploit 
it. And then, you know, in a sense, just making that for making that person feel like they shouldn't be on the court. And I actually actually heard that quote from from one of the one of the five old guys at Nationals, you know, like when you when you step on a doubles court and there's a there's a weak person like really make them feel how weak they are on the court you know obviously obviously just by just by picking on email is coming in already i know well, yeah. it was it was one of these guys telling me you know because i've totally been in that position right somebody's picking on me and, and all i'm thinking is oh my gosh i am the worst person on this court right i mean it's it's the worst feeling like the the paddle gets tighter your your hands start sweating all of a sudden you start missing easy dinks and then from then on it is just a complete downhill spiral man i've heard about that i've never i've never known that feeling now i think that for the record we should probably state that that strategy of like picking on the weakest link and making them feel like they don't belong there and so they go home and cry that is a really important strategy <laughs> when you're playing competitive matches. Right. Don't go out to your local YMCA drop-in pickleball tomorrow. Wait till the person say, I'm hitting every single ball at you, so you realize you don't belong here. Wait, then, I mean, you, you don't do, do that? that? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I go and do that. I'm like, that's, uh, who, where's the 80-year-old lady? I want to... Yeah, that's right. De Deli, that's why you keep getting kicked out of the various clubs. That Let me do. boost my confidence a little bit. But yeah, so like at, yeah, at a competitive level, Tyson's absolutely right. It should be clear. There's almost always going to be some difference between the two players. And it should be very clear to anyone watching who you and your partner have decided to pick on. And that doesn't mean you have to hit 100% of the balls that way. But it does mean if, you know, a random stranger who doesn't even know about pickleball walked by and just watched for five minutes, they should be able to figure out, oh, hey, they're picking on her. Uh, for some reason, they're hitting all the balls to that guy. Like, that should, that, that's something that is a hallmark of strong doubles players. <laughs> right. Very good advice. Sage advice from uh, across North America here. Collingwood, Ontario, Canada. Mark Rennison, home of ThirdShotSports.com, which you need to go to and sign up. Get on Mark's newsletter and also uh, pick up his new ebook, which is called Mark. 20 drills and 10 games to play better pickleball. Sounds good. And that is at ThirdShotSports.com. Deli Stinnett, Terre Haute, Indiana. Great to talk to you, Deli. And uh, boy, I, I think I might have to call a timeout right now. Time out, baby. Let's go. Yay! We got it. We got one. Thank you. Totally unsolicited. And uh, from Yakima, Washington, Tyson McGuffin. Tyson, good to talk to you again and look forward to doing it uh, another time. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to you soon. See you later, guys. So what are your thoughts about what we discussed today? We'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime. Mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com that's where you can find us on the internet too pickleballshow.com we're on facebook as well facebook.com slash pickleballshow uh, twitter.com slash wait for it pickleballshow <laughs> we make it easy for you and we'd love to hear from you anytime on any of those places. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit the subscribe button, which means you'll never miss an episode. Plus, if you feel it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review, which helps boost us up in the rankings, makes it a lot easier for other pickleball players to find this show. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.
The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode freepbxclub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.